Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. I just keep hearing the Lord say to you and I that he wants his harvest. But you know, he's not going to reach the harvest just through your pastors. He's going to reach the harvest through us. Say it through me. Before I get into the teaching today, if I haven't got to meet you yet, my name's Trey and I'd love to say hi to you. And if you need prayer for anything, whenever we're done, I'll stay as long as we need to to get God's assignment accomplished. And what a privilege to be in the house of God today. And I don't take lightly what God's saying to us and just getting to be a part. Of, like Pastor said, I, I travel all over the, the world. And uh, last few months, you know, I've been in Montana and Oregon and Colorado and Oklahoma and Wyoming and North Carolina and uh, we are doing everything that we can to be a part of the harvest. And, uh, and it's phenomenal. You know, one weekend I'll get to be in a church like this, but then in the next weekend it'll be a Presbyterian church or a Methodist church or a Baptist church. And this morning earlier at 8.30 this morning, I was preaching at the fairgrounds at Oklahoma City for the world show, and I forgot my iPad. I'm not going home to my wife without my iPad. <laughs> we have insurance on all the electronics, but sometimes she looks at me and says, baby, <laughs> so I'm not going home without my iPad. I'm thankful I printed off a copy, though, of my notes. <laughs> Lack of preparation is preparing to fail, so I am prepared. But it's phenomenal uh, getting to be a part of, of, of what God's doing. It was so funny. I was uh, got done preaching uh, Tuesday night, I guess. I was, in, I was in Colorado Monday night. I got back to weather for Tuesday. And we, if you haven't got a chance to watch our TV show, we're on every Sunday morning on RFD TV and then on Cowboy Channel. You can record it, get a double dose with Pastor Rick and myself. And then we're on a lo lot of different other networks around the world. And uh, But I just got done uh, doing TV and preaching. And I got home and we're all, the teams all, we're sitting there and we're eating everything, and, and the, one of the guys that works for us, he gets up, and he goes outside, and he's taking care of the horses, and it's about 10 o'clock by this time, and open up the door to let the little dogs go to the bathroom right before we go to bed, and all of a sudden, rawr, 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 rawr. I mean, the dog's this big, you know, rawr, rawr, rawr. and I go to the door, and I look out, and Robert, one of the guys that works for us, he has his horse cornered over in our yard. It had got out somehow when he was feeding, went around, jumped the cattle guard, and he's in our yard, and this horse flips out, the dog, woo, 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 chasing the horse, and the horse never weakens, jumps right into our swimming pool. Oh God. Oh God. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, can't just do your job. And of course, this horse is freaked out, and it's just circling in the deep end and everything. And I'm thinking, man, I've got all my stuff and everything. And so I just had to bail in after the horse and push him up to the shallow end so he could get his feet up underneath him and finally got a halter on him. It took me a little bit to calm down after that. that was, <laughs> The horse was okay, but thank the Lord, my swimming pool is okay. That's what I was just <laughs> You know, they, they have treadmills and stuff where you can take your horses and swim them and get them in shape and everything. And I told that guy, I said, you know, if you're wanting to swim your horse, I won't charge it for the first time, but 
the cost is going to go up if you want to do that again. <laughs> that has nothing to do with my message. I just thought it was a very interesting story. We always have opportunities to overcome. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the rain? I'm very thankful for the rain. It is just beautiful. We've, uh, it's sloppy at our house, but that's good. Let's get into the Word. You know, it's only God's Word that does not fail. And so for the next few minutes that we're together, can we give God our best? Can we be all in this morning? And let's ask, okay, what is God wanting me to know? And what is God wanting me to do? Because it doesn't do us any good to come to church and leave here without a plan of action. Would you pull up Ephesians chapter 4, verses 16 in the New King James Version? I don't know if I sent that one to you, but I want us to read it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. And when we're thinking about this morning, what does God want us to know and what does God want us to do? God is wanting you and I to live with a sense of expectation. Dave Jones looked at me and said, I'm expecting this morning. I'm thinking, yeah, I am too. And God is wanting us to live with a sense of expectation in order for God to show up in our life. There's always a degree of expectation. And I'm not in this to play church. Ever since I've given my life to the Lord, I'm always asking, okay, how do I position myself to get God to show up at the barn, to get God to show up in the arena, to get God to show up on the highway whenever we need him to. And our expectation is very important in positioning us to walk in all that God had has for you and I. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. Do you have that up there yet? Yes. Ephesians 4, 16. If not, I'll just summarize it just for time's sake. He's talking about you and I, and he says he gives the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist for the equipping of the saints. And he goes down for you and I to grow and mature. And you get in verse 16, and he says, so every part can do its part. You are very important to the plan of God. For every part to do its part, you are very important to the plan of God. Regardless of where you've been in your past, regardless of what dumb decisions you have made. Has anybody ever made a dumb decision? Come on. Okay, five of you. How about the rest of you? Don't look so holy. Has any of us ever made dumb decisions? But it doesn't change the plan of God. You're very important to the plan of God. You are very important to the plan of God. On the inside of each and every one of us, there's a desire, there's a hunger for us to make a difference. There's a desire, there's a hunger for us to be a part of something that's so much bigger than what we are. And we're designed, you're designed, maybe you're designed to be a finger, maybe you're designed to be a knee, maybe you're an elbow, maybe you're an eye, maybe you're an ear. But what would happen if my fingers wanted to be a toe? And see, if, if my fingers, they go to, to toeology school and they get a t-shirt that says I'm a toe and that all their friends are toe friends and they get this education, all these degrees that say I am a toe, but guess what? A finger can never be a toe. 
If I put my fingers on my feet, guess what's going to happen to my fingers? They will break because they're not designed to be a toe. They're designed to be fingers. Do you know what you are designed and created by God to be? You are very important to the plan of God. And it is time for you and I to be where we are created to be. All for the glory of God. See, the good thing about the Word of God is that we can do this. We don't have to come to church and listen to God ask us to do something that we can't do. We can always do what God asks us to do. And if we can't physically do it at the moment, if He asked us to do it, as soon as we step out on the Word, it activates the power of God. And now we can do what He's asking us to do. See, in order for you and I to live a life of value, to live a life of significance, to be all that we're called and created to be, God is not asking us to use something we don't have. He's asking us to use what we do have, and He wants you and I to use whatever we have, wherever we are, every single day. What if you tapped into that gift and that calling and that assignment and you made a decision? It isn't about yesterday. It's not about tomorrow. It is just about today. And if I want to live a life of value, I want to use whatever I have wherever I am every single day. And then I get up tomorrow and it's not about yesterday and not necessarily about tomorrow. But I'm going to use whatever I have wherever I am every single day. Second Kings chapter 4, you can look at this in your own time. Remember when the widow woman... Her husband had died and the creditors had come to get her voice. She comes to the prophet Elijah and she's, she says, you know, my husband feared the Lord and the creditors are coming to take away my boys. And the man of God looks at her and he says, what do you have in your house? What is God asking you and I right here, right now? He's not asking us for something we don't have. He's asking us for something we do have. What do you have? Because we pray these big prayers and we're expecting God to do these great things. But you know what God's going to ask you? He's going to ask you, what do you have in your heart? What do you have in your hand? What do you have in your life? Remember Luke chapter 5, whenever Peter and the other disciples, they had been fishing. And they come home and they're, they're washing their nets. And Jesus is being pressed on by the crowd. And he looks over and he sees Simon Peter's boat. And he gets up on the boat and he preaches to the crowd. And he looks at Peter and he says, now cast your net on the other side. He wasn't using something Peter did not have. He was using something that he had. God is not asking you to use something you don't have. He's asking you to use something you do have. And it's impossible for a person to be breathing and them not have a purpose, them not have a destiny, them not have a calling, them not have an assignment. To live a life of significance, I want to use whatever I have, wherever I am, every single day. And then I get up the next day and I use whatever I have, wherever I am, every single day. What do you have in your house? Because a lot of times we want to we wanna dream big, but we want to start big. But it's important that we are willing to start small, but keep believing big. Use whatever you have wherever you are every single day. I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord, I was 20 years old, and I'd gone back to Texas Tech, and I just had a desire. I had no idea I'd be doing what I'd be doing around the world and stuff today. And, and so I just went and I signed up for the Big Brother program. I didn't know I was going to be preaching all that type of stuff, but what was I doing? I was using whatever I had wherever I was 
every single day. And then I connected to a man of God, Glenn Smith, and I'd go around and I'd carry his Bible and I'd help him set up for the church service. And, and then I served another man that was a pastor for almost nine years. What was I doing? Using whatever I have, wherever I am, every single day. And today I want to remind you how important you are to the plan of God. You are important to the plan of God regardless of your past, regardless of where you're at financially, regardless of the difficulties that you've faced. You're very important to the plan of God. And when God placed that gift in you, that call on your life, He just didn't see you and your family. He saw all the people that you're called to. And when you and I stand before Almighty God, we're not going to be accountable just for the people I did reach. I'm going to be accountable for the people I were created to reach. And I'm determined that I'm going to leave this planet empty. Every book, every dream, every business, every, every passion, every desire. It does nobody any good if you leave it on the inside just because you're a little bit afraid of what it looks like in the future. Use whatever you have, wherever you are, every single day. And the next thing you know, you'll look up and you'll be doing what you're called and created to do simply by using whatever you have wherever you are every single day when you got up this morning how was your expectation I want us to be real with ourselves for the next little bit because sometimes life can hit us so hard in the mouse you have to work I said mouse Maybe if it hits you in your mouth. I remember one church I was pastoring, this lady, she brought her mouse to church. And so I told the ushers, I was like, okay, because people are just scattering from this lady. This just reminded me of this story because I said, you, the, anyway. Anyway, so, so I gathered the ushers together and I said, okay, you know, bring the lady back there and everything. And I talked to her and I said, ma'am, I said, you know, we love you. And, and I mean, if your mouse needs healing, I've seen God heal all kinds of animals. I'm sure he'd heal your mouse too. And, and she said, no, I just wanted my mouse to be free. I said, well, I apologize, ma'am. You're going to have to be free somewhere else if you can't contain your mouse. Anyway, <laughs> you run into some interesting things whenever you're uh, in the ministry. But when we're real with ourselves, are you really expecting God to do great things? Are you expecting God to do a work in your physical body right here, right now? Are you expecting God to do a work in your family right here, right now? Are you expecting your finances to increase right here, right now? Are you expecting, expecting, say it, expecting? I want to read a few scriptures to you. Psalms 27, verse 13 and 14 in the Amplified. And it says, what, what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? Wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for, hope for, and inspect the Lord. Psalm 62, verse 5, it says, My soul waits only upon God and silently submit to Him, for my hope and expectation are from Him. Proverbs 23, verse 18, it says, For surely there is a latter end, a future, and a reward, and your hope and expectation 
shall not be cut off. How important is your expectation? Because every one of us have a gift, every one of us have a call, every one of us have a dream, but it's the choices that we put with our gift that positions us to be everything we're called and created to be. An expectation is a choice. It is a choice to get up when all hell is coming against you and you still expect God's word not to return void. It is a choice to get into the presence of God and know that you belong in the presence of God, not because you're so good or you have so much money or you're so pretty or handsome. You belong there because of Jesus himself and you expect God to hear the voice of the righteous. His eyes are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. You have an expectation that I don't care how long I have to stand, I'm going to stand until I see the manifestation of what I'm praying for. There's an expectation. See, when I have an expectation that God will do what he said he would do, it causes me to value today. When I live with a sense of expectation, I value today. When I live with a sense of expectation, we can't change yesterday, but it causes me to value today. Today, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding on my behalf. And I have an expectation today, God's grace is sufficient for me today. His mercy is new today. And every day, God has built into this day all the faith that I need, all the courage I need, all the strength that I need, all the passion I need, all the provision that I need. And when I live with a sense of expectation, I value today. Say it, today. 86,400 seconds, 1,440 minutes, 24 hours a day, 168 hours this week. When I expect, I'm going to value the presence of God. I'm going to value the word of God. I'm going to value the blood of Jesus. I'm going to value the name that is above every name. I'm going to value when? Today. Today. So if you haven't been listening or haven't been walking or you haven't, got up with a sense of expectation, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to stir your expectation because you're the only one that can do that for you and I'm the only one that can do that for me. But when I have a sense of expectation, I value when? I value today. I value today. I value what God is saying right here, right now. I value today. Remember John chapter 4, the disciples had gone off and they had going to get some food for themselves, for Jesus. They come back, Jesus had been talking to this lady at the well and, and they try to get Jesus to eat. And Jesus said, guys, doing the will of the Father, that is my food, that is my nourishment. He had an expectation that God was going to get his will done on earth just like it was in heaven through him. Now Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, but his body is upon the earth. John chapter 4, Jesus said, okay, all of you are saying that the harvest is going to be four months from now. He says, but I need you to look around and realize that the harvest is right here, right now. And God is saying, I want my harvest and how is he going to reach the harvest? Through you and through me living a life of expectation. You go into the boardroom, expect to have good ideas. You go into the business meeting, expect for the wisdom of God to work in you and through you to change the situation. Expectation causes you to be ready. Not only does it cause you to value today, but expectation prompts you to prepare. Yes. Yes. 
When I'm expecting Jesus to come back, I'm going to be prepared. Say it, prepared. And preparation always positions me for opportunity. If I'm not prepared, opportunities come into every single person in this place. But if you're not prepared, you won't make the most of the opportunity. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16. It says, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity... I want to read that again. Making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. Not loosely grasping, but firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. He says, make the most of your time because when you are a person... Now, you can be religious and be negative all you want to. You can be defeated and religious all you want to. But when you are a person after the heart of God, you cannot stay with the religious mindset. Now, listen to me here. I don't care if you're Catholic, Presbyterian, Methodist, Pentecostal, Church of Holiness, the First Church of the Frigid Air, wherever you've come from. If you stay hungry for the presence of God, God will meet you right where you're at. The answer is always the presence of God. And when you're going after God, you're going to have a sense of expectation that, okay, God's word is working. God's spirit is working. His angels are working. His blood is working. His power is working. And it's going to cause me to value today. But expectation also prompts me to prepare. That I'm going to go to the heart of God, the one who made me, the one who created me, the one who wired me, the one who designed me, the one who molded me, the one who sees the end from the beginning. He's the first. He's the last. The one who has placed me here for such a time as this. And I'm going to prepare like God is going to work in me and through me to change the world around me. But if I'm not expecting, I'm going to keep sitting on my backside. I'm going to keep going nowhere and doing nothing real fast. But when I have an expectation, remember Psalm 62, 5, he says, my expectation, it comes from God. It didn't come from my mom. It didn't come from my dad. It comes from you, Father. Philippians 2, 13, he says, it's, it's God who works in us. Stirring, that's why I says, stirring the desire to both will and to do for his good pleasure. See, there's a desire on the inside of each and every one of us to make a difference. There's a desire on the inside of each and every one of us to do something that makes a difference. There's a desire on the inside of each and every one of us to connect with people who want to make a difference, realizing that it's time to make a difference. If you're still breathing, God is not done with you yet. And that's not this some cute t-shirt saying... It's reality. So when I have a sense of expectation, it's going to cause me to value today. Say it, value today. When I live with a sense of expectation, it's going to prompt me to prepare because preparation always positions me for opportunity. Pause. What are you preparing for right now? You're praying this big prayer, but are you preparing for God to answer the prayer? You're praying for increase, but are you preparing like you're going to increase? Are you preparing to become who you say God has called and created you to be? Because if you're not preparing, you're not acting in faith. Faith always prepares for the manifestation of the promise. No preparation, promise not coming. 
remember when I used to, when I first got saved and everything, I would, I would sit out there in the congregation and I would ask the Lord, God, if I was the one up there ministering, how would I pray? How would I study? How would I prepare? I remember when I first started team rope and I, I wasn't very good. I was just beginning, but I had a desire that I wanted to be at the top in the roping. And I began to ask myself, if that's what I'm praying for, how would I prepare? Because God is a God of opportunity for every single person. But a lot of the reasons why we're not where we're supposed to be and doing what we're created to do is because the opportunity came and went and we weren't prepared. Doing leadership stuff, I always ask, you know, okay, Lord, that's great. One of my mentors, John Maxwell, and Kelly's a part of the John Maxwell team and stuff. And, and, and I used to think, okay, if, if God, if that's another way that you're wanting to reach people, what would I do to prepare? So, so now when people call and ask me to speak at a conference, I'm not trying to get ready. I'm ready. Right, right, right. When I have an opportunity to rope with the best guys in the world, I'm not trying to get ready. ready. I'm ready. When I have a, a corporation calls me to come in and speak to people that they have more letters than it spells my name in front of their name and behind their name. I'm not trying to get ready. I'm ready because when you expect God's word to be real, when you expect God to do what he said he would do, that he will take you from the ashes and he will rebuild your life, an expectation causes me to value today. And I realize that what I do today determines my success in the future. What I watch today, what I listen to today, who I hang out with today, what I'm studying today is all about preparation. And an expectation prompts me to prepare, but an expectation also keeps my mindset on the bigness of God, on the goodness of God, on the abundance of God, that our God is a God of more than enough, more than enough healing, more than enough provision, more than enough grace, more than enough. He is more than enough no matter what we are facing. He is more than enough. And if you're always watching CNN, constant negative news, and you're always feeding on that type of stuff, they're always speaking limitation. They're always speaking scarcity. Our God is not dumb. Our God is creator of heaven and earth. And he never creates anything with a limited resource. Now, we might not have tapped into some things yet, but there's more than enough gas. There's more than enough oil. There's more than enough water. There's more than enough. There is more than enough bananas falling off the trees in the jungle that monkeys will not be able to eat all the bananas. There's more than enough. More than enough. He's more than enough. Look at your neighbor and say, he's more than enough. See, expectation causes me to have an abundant mindset and not a scarcity mindset. Stay with me here. Come on. Eyes right here. Stay with me. Proverbs 21.5 says, The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness. The thoughts of the diligent. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God, but those who come to God must believe that He is, and He is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him so if I'm diligently after God I'm going to have this expectation and the mind of the diligent tends only to plenteousness I don't care what I'm facing God has plenty he has plenty he has plenty he has plenty he has plenty God has plenty 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 his presence is bigger than cancer bigger than tumors bigger than AIDS bigger than homosexuality bigger than the White House bigger than what everybody else whatever you can think of he is bigger 
And an expectation not only causes me to value today, and it not only causes me to prepare, but it causes me to have an abundant mindset. But what we do a lot of times, you've, you've been to Walmart or Target, right? You know, the doors are shut, and then all of a sudden you get closer, and, and they open up. But a lot of times as children of God, we pull into the parking lot. And we see the door shut. And we think, man, I sure would like what's on the other side of those doors. Guess it's not God's will because the door's shut. And I sit in my car. And I sit in the pew. And I sit on my backside. This must not be the will of God for me. But what happens when I get out of the car? And I begin to step towards the door. It's still shut, even though I'm still in the parking lot. But this expectation, anticipation causes me to move. See, the footsteps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. Notice it didn't say the butt prints of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. It says the steps, the steps. So I get out of the car and I start walking towards the door and it's still shut. Remember in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, the apostle Paul says there's a great door of opportunity, but in that door of opportunity, there's much adversity. What is he saying? I know it might look shut. I know it might be nailed shut. But if you will start walking towards the door, there comes a time because God works with your movement and expectation that you hit that sensor and the door comes open and you possess what's on the other side of that door. And anticipation causes me to move. Where are you moving? How are you preparing? What are you doing? Are you valuing today? Let, let, let's go back. Say this. I am important. You're important to the plan of God. Regardless of your past, right here, right now, you need to see yourself the way that God sees you. And he wants his harvest. Harvest his people. And he's going to use you. But he needs the elbow to be an elbow, the finger to be a finger, the ear to be an ear, the, the feet to be the feet. Be who you're created to be. And as we go after the heart of God, there's this expectation. I know there's more than just going to church and going to Sunday school and clapping our hands. I know there's more. You know why you have a desire for more of his presence, more of his courage, more of his resources? Because there is more. That's why we have a desire for more. But this desire in you, and you realize, okay, I'm a part of the body of Christ. I'm a part of the family of God. And God is saying, I want my harvest. Well, how do I be a part of that harvest, Lord? You, you, yield, you yield to that desire. You yield to that desire to want to make a difference. How many of you want to make a difference? And you keep expecting, and you're valuing today, and you're preparing, and this expectation, it's like it, expectation unlocks the door. The door is shut, but I'm expecting God to do what he said, and you step towards the door, and it unlocks. It comes open, but you've got to believe that you can. You've got to believe that if I use whatever I have, wherever I am every single day, God can put his super on my natural, and things will change. So you have this desire, I want to make a difference. I want to be everything I'm called and created to be. Anybody have that desire? And this expectation, it's pulling you and you unlock this door and you come into this room and, and you're, you're developing and, and you have a desire. Okay, I want, to, I want to do something that makes a difference. Not only do I want to make a difference, I want to do something. Do something. 
Do something. Do something that makes a difference. Do something. Use whatever you have, wherever you are, every single day. Do something. Because in this room, that expectation has brought you in, in this room, you begin to find this gift, and you begin to find this talent, and you begin to find this desire, and you begin to find this, and you begin to develop it, and this is what they call your strength zone. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. When you look at it in the Amplified, it says it's God's gift, it's God's grace, it's God's call, and God does not change his mind about you. He doesn't change his mind about you. No matter how much you've sucked up your nose, no matter how much you've shot in your veins, no matter how many whores you've been with, God does not change his mind about you. And as the body of Christ, we have to see ourselves as very important. Don't let that mess come out of your mouth. I'm just so unworthy. How do you know? No, you're worthy. He shed his blood for you. You're worthy and you're important. And God wants to work in you and through you to reach the world around you. But we've got to be willing to make a difference. We've got to be willing to use whatever we have, wherever we are, every single day. And I start developing these gifts and these passions and these desires. I want you thinking, how's your expectation? And I want you thinking, what do you have in your house? And are you expecting God to do what he said he would do? Because if you keep expecting, because see, a lot of times when we sit out here in the car and we desire, man, that sure would be nice. But we see the door shut because we're sitting on our backside. It reinforces a scarcity mindset. Or let's say we do have the courage to get up. And we begin to pray and we begin to serve and we begin to do and we begin to step towards that dream. And we come through the first door and it doesn't produce what we thought it was going to produce. A lot of times it gets us back in our car sucking our thumb and pulling our ear and wah, 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 what about me? Don't allow reality and expectation, the gap between the two, to stop you from being everything God's called and created you to be. If you've had a lot of no's in your life, guess what? You're that much closer to the yes. All the promises in him are yes and in him, amen. Yes, yes. When God thinks about you, his answer is yes. When you take his word and you pray his word, his answer is yes. When you talk to God about the dream and desire, his answer to you is yes, yes, yes. But you know what he's saying? Get out of the car. But bless God, get off your backside and get out of the car. (laughs) Will God really talk to me like that? You better believe he will. 
because he is a good dad and he loves you and he believes in you and he wants the best for you. But it takes that expectation to cause me to value today. It causes that expectation causes me to stay preparing. That expectation causes me to yield to that desire that's going to take me into the first room to do something that makes a difference. And then it keeps pulling me into the next room. And in this room, I look around and I see people like you. In this room, I want to connect with people that want to make a difference. How can my gift connect to your gift and your gift connect to my gift? And we help each other be everything we're called and created to be all for the glory of God. And then the light comes on for such a time as this. It's now. Now is the time to make a difference. Now is the time to develop that gift. Now is the time to forgive and release and let go. Now is the time to put the past behind you and keep stepping towards that door because when you step towards it, it will come open. I don't care if it's nailed shut. I don't care if it's welded shut. If God has directed you, you step. The thing's going to blow off its hinges if that's what it has to happen. But we got to expect Expect, expect when you pray, expect when you worship, expect. Psalms 22, 3 says he's drawn to the praises of his people. Expect when you come up and get prayer for healing in your body, expect when you pray for your kids, expect. I know the only reason I'm still alive is because of my parents' prayers. Expect. Where is your expectation? Where has it been? Cut it off. Today, you have what it takes to connect and begin to expect God to do what he promised he would do again. And allow that expectation. I, you know, yesterday I was driving. My, my son was at Texas Tech at the college rodeo. And I was driving between Lubbock and up here. And in this one pasture, there's all these ducks. I mean, they, they were ducks everywhere. And I was thinking, man, bless the Lord. Look at all those ducks. I wonder where they're headed. You know, they're headed south. But, you know, nobody had to go up. Get on a train. Hey, Dave, will you go with me on a train? We're going to go up to Canada where it's cold and hold up a sign and get a megaphone. Go south. Go south. It's getting cold. Go south. <laughs> no, no, what happened? They yielded to what the one who made them on the inside and they yielded and all they were doing yesterday is they just plopped down and they begin to eat some grain and I'm thankful for the farmer and they begin to eat a little bit all they're doing is resting because as they keep yielding guess what it's going to keep telling them go south nobody was out there the farmer didn't have a bullhorn come on now you got 37 hours and then you need to get south no no what do they do they listen to the one who created them and this is so freeing to you and I. And guess what? You and I, we are smarter than a bird. Look at your neighbor and say, you're smarter than a bird. And that's all you came to church for today. That will free you up. You're smarter than a bird. Now, now why, why do I say that? Because if you'll listen as I've been talking and stuff... And the Lord says, okay, I'm not asking you to use something you don't have. I'm asking you to use whatever you have, wherever you are, every single day. 
you're listening and you're thinking, okay, I have this gift and I have this talent and I'm not going to wait until, until, uh, until, a lot of times people want to wait until I have a million dollars in the bank, until I have this degree, until the kids leave home, until I graduate, until I become a, don't wait until anything. We use whatever we have, wherever we are, every single day, all for the glory of God. And you begin to expect, I expect today, I expect God is working on my behalf, so what am I going to do? I'm going to value today and I'm going to keep expecting and then what am I going to do? I'm going to prepare because I'm expecting God to do what he promised me that he would do and as I keep expecting, I keeps my mind on all the bigness of God that my God is more than enough. I don't care where I came from I don't care what my family's background is my God is more than enough and if I keep expecting and I keep believing and I keep acting and I get out of the car every day and I step and I expect I'm going to become and God is going to do everything I've been put on this earth to do in me and through me all for the glory of God. Listen to me. You are very important to the plan of God. Your gift is very important to the plan of God. That desire, that passion is important to the plan of God. You are important to the plan of God. And God is saying, I want my harvest. So what does God want us to know? He wants us to know we're very important to the plan of God. What is he wanting us to do today? He's wanting us to elevate our level of expectation and begin to value what God has in front of us today, the people that are around us today. And when you get up on Monday morning, you begin to prepare like God is going to do what he promised he would do. And you keep your mind on the ability of God, not on your ability necessarily, but on the ability of God, on the goodness of God. Keep expecting. You're important to the plan of God. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? What do you have in your house? You, your gift, your calling, your passion is very important to the plan of God. I, I want you to block everything else with heads bowed, eyes closed, and I want you to see you and God talking and, and you seeing yourself from God's perspective and he's looking at you and he's not looking at your past. He's not looking at all the obstacle. He's looking at you and he's saying, you are very important to my plan. That gift is very important to my plan. That passion is very important to my plan. You are important to me. You're important to God. And as you and God are sitting there and you're seeing how important you are to the plan of God. I want you to keep looking inward in your heart. And I want to ask you the most important question of your life. When you look into your heart. Can you recall a moment or time. When you yourself called upon the name of Jesus. When you, not your parents, not your friends, when you made the decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. 1 John chapter 5, it says, when a person has Jesus, they know that they have eternal life. When you look into your heart, do you have that knowing that if you were to die today, you would spend eternity with God, you would go to heaven and not hell? 
if you can't recall that moment, if you don't have that knowing on the inside of you, would you make today that day that you can always look back on and say, that was the day that I settled it. I wasn't playing. I didn't do it because of my family. I did it because I wanted to know God. You say, how? How can I do that? How can I settle where I'm going to spend eternity? It's very simple. The Bible says when a person believes in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and declares with their mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. He says at that time, the life of God comes into you. At that time, you come from darkness into light. At that time, you become born again. And there's a certainty that comes into your inner being. And you know. You know, you don't guess, you don't wonder, you don't wish, you know. So this is what I'd like us to do, heads bowed, eyes closed. As a family, I'd like us to pray this very simple prayer, and I want us to do it together, and I want us to do it out loud. And the reason I have us do it together and out loud is because I want the people who are praying this prayer for the first time, I want them to be confident in the prayer that they're praying. Another reason I have us do it out loud is I want you familiar with the heartbeat of this prayer so you can pray with your friends and your family whenever it's time. But as we pray this prayer, I want you to believe these words in your heart and I want you to declare these words with your mouth like your eternal destiny depends upon it because it does. It does. Church, can we pray this prayer together? Can we say, Father God? I want you to say it like you mean it. Father God, today is the day that I make the decision to believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to give me life. And right now, I accept that life. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and according to God's Word, I am forgiven. I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time in your life, and you meant it, maybe you've prayed it for 50 times, but today was the day that you meant it, you meant it. On the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up in the air, acknowledging to me, acknowledging to God, acknowledging to the leadership team here. Today was the day that I settled where I'm going to spend eternity, and I made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. Are you ready? On the count of three, I want you just to get your hand up in there and hold it there just for a moment. One, two, three. Would you just slip it up? God sees these hands over here. Hold it up just for a second. That hand back there, young man. This one right here, ma'am. These right here in the middle. These right here in this section in the middle, these hands right here, the hands back there at the back, the hands over here to the right, the hands over here to the far right. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. That hand back there in the middle, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Now look up at me. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having the courage to settle where you're going to spend eternity. But not only that, thank you for saying, okay, I, I want to know the one who made me, the one who wired me, the one who designed me. And I believe you being connected to this house, to this body of believers, 
whatever your perception of God has been, it begins to shift. And you begin to see how good God is. And you begin to see that God is for you and not against you. And you begin to see how valuable you are to the plan of God. You are valuable. All those people that are connected to you, pastor might not be able to get there, but you can. And you're valuable. And you're important. And you have what it takes to be all you're created to be for the glory of God. Church, can we tell them thank you? Would y'all just give God praise? Give them a hand clap. Thank you. We, we, yeah, stand to your feet. Go ahead and stand to your feet. We need you on our team to do everything God's called and created us to be. There, there was a lot of you. There was a lot of you that lifted your hand. That's just the beginning. Don't, don't you leave here and just think, well, that's, man, bless the Lord. That guy, I mean, he kind of got a little excited. He's bald. <laughs> That is the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. And don't you play with your destiny. Don't you play with the plan of God for your life. You have greatness on the inside of you. There's nothing average about being a child of God. There's nothing average about your calling and your assignment. There's nothing average about that desire and passion that God has placed on the inside of you. I want to challenge you. Let's use whatever we have, wherever we are, every single day. And let's make a difference all for the glory of God. Amen. Pastor Josh, go ahead and come on up. Did you get something out of today, church? Would you give God praise?